Silver is not an easy metal for any organism to eliminate. Keep that in mind. It, it doesn't get eliminated. It gets walled off. Some of it gets eliminated, but most of it gets walled off. And elevated concentrations can, can cause problems. Hi, everyone. Dr. Brehenna here again, Dr. V. Uh, thank you for joining us for another episode of Ask the Dentist. And if you're new to our podcast, welcome. We are very glad to have you. And again, everyone, thank you for being interested in oral health. It is a big deal. It should be in your mind. Uh, you cannot be healthy optimally systemically. Uh, I'm including metabolic health, gut health, gut microbiome, brain health, uh, trying to lose weight, trying not to undo the effects of exercise. That would be the oral microbiome and what it can do uh, with bacteria on the back of your tongue, producing nitric oxide, uh, using mouthwash. These are all things we've been talking about, which knocks down the production of nitric oxide, scraping your tongue, uh, which actually can lower your blood pressure, just lots of fun things. And of course, there's always that connection between oral health and brain health and the causative factors that can happen in the mouth that can lead to Alzheimer's. So I'm just kind of trying to get you excited about oral health and throwing throwing a few facts at you. But anyway, today we're going to talk about silver diamine fluoride, SDF. The reason is because we get a lot of questions on Instagram. And I think the reason for that is that there are a lot of moms and dads out there that when they take their kid to the dentist, they are faced with multiple cavities, uh, that the need for having to restore uh, or remove uh, uh, lots of cavities in the child's teeth. And, and uh, I mean, I, I always remember that as being a very traumatic event for the parent. And even though you try and soften the blow, uh, it, it's still very difficult. I've had parents break out into tears. Um, or, or suffer from a lot of guilt. Uh, uh, they, they may have had a lot of cavities and they were working so hard at trying to prevent this for their child. And then, of course, the child picks up on this as being a big event and then they get very nervous and fidgety. And, and, uh, so it, it's, it's definitely, I, I don't want to make it seem like, oh, you've got a cavity, no big deal. It, it is a big deal. It is a disease. It is the number one disease on this planet. And we should make it a big deal. Um, but uh, in terms of treatment, there is this thing called silver diamine fluoride. And I want to first explain what it is, what's in it. Uh, you'll be amazed when you try and Google uh, silver diamine fluoride. I li literally had to go to the most prominent manufacturer of this fluid, this liquid that gets painted onto teeth and and look at their MSDS and all their ingredients. It's very difficult to find out how much fluoride there is in this fluid, how much silver, what holds it all together, what are the other uh, ingredients that are used to help it help keep it all together, help keep it in aqueous form, flowable, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's important to understand all these things. So we're going to talk about what it is. We're going to define it. We'll talk about what it's being used for. Is it approved? Uh, are there off-label uses for it? Uh, most drugs and, and, and devices do have off-label uses. Uh, one, one is very, uh, is in high use in dentistry of this, of this SDF. We'll talk about that. And then, um, we'll talk about whether I think it's safe or not. Um, and in some cases, I think it is, it does have a use, but, 
as everything in medicine and in dentistry, these things, because they're easy, they're inexpensive, they get overused and they are not used properly and problems do occur. So I'm going to talk about that as well. So anyway, we're going to answer that very oft question item SDF. There is another form called NSF. Yeah, I think it's NSF, the nano silver fluoride. Uh, and I will talk about that as well. I'm less keen on that. And, uh, essentially I will let you know, I'll describe, I'll explain to you when it's safe to use. And hopefully you never have to use this stuff. But let me tell you, it is, it's been recently approved in the United States. I think 2000, I want to say 2017. It's been in use longer outside of the U.S. The FDA gave it approval for, for desensitizing teeth, uh, but not for helping with cavities on children or even for adults. And that's the off-label use. I'll talk more about that. But anyway, uh, we'll, we'll flesh it all out. And hopefully by the end of this episode, you will not have uh, any, you, you may have hesitations, but you won't have any more questions. You'll know, you'll know what to worry about and, and what questions to ask. I'm even gonna, I'm even gonna talk about dosage and contraindications and, and all that. So anyway, look forward to this discussion. Let's try and piece out, uh, everything about silver diamine fluoride. All right, let's get right into it. What is SDF? Silver diamine fluoride. It essentially is a topical medication uh, to be used in the mouth. Uh, I'll explain how it's used. It's used to treat and prevent dental caries, that's tooth decay, and also relieve dental hypersensitivity. Sometimes you'll see that as dental sensitivity. All dentin is sensitive uh, up to a point, and then there's the hypersensitive version of it where your teeth hurt when you're exposed to cold or sugary things. It, it can be like a balsamic vinaigrette. It can be acidic things and even just breathing in cold air. But originally, actually, the only FDA approval, again, as a class two medical device, uh, the topical medication is for dental hypersensitivity. It's, uh, I'll explain how that works, but, but it's not for, and still is not for dental carry. So that's what we call off-label use. Uh, I'll try and expand on that later. Anyway, it's a colorless, at least most of the products that you buy, that dentists buy from dental supply companies are colorless. And then there's one, I think, or two maybe that have a blue tint to it. So you know, that way you can tell the difference. You can see where you're applying uh, this medication. And I would recommend the Advantage Arrest if if you decide to go ahead uh, with the use of uh, SDF, because you can see it. It makes sense, doesn't it? If it's a clear product, you don't know quite where it's running off to, and you'll see later why that's important. You don't want this stuff to get in contact with the gums or, or anywhere else. You want to know where it is in the mouth as a, as a clinician, certainly as a patient. I will put a link in for the Advantage Arrest. Make sure your dentist is using that. It's odorless, although I've had patients say that they can smell it, and, and again, it's got a ammonia molecules in it. Uh, I can smell it, but it's supposedly it's supposedly odorless. And it's, so odorless liquid composed of silver, ammonium, 
and fluoride ions. And the pH, which is important to me, should be to you as well. It's anywhere between 10 and 13. So it's very alkaline. It's not acidic. It doesn't burn tissue. It doesn't obviously demineralize teeth, which is a good thing. Ammonia compounds increase, that they add the ammonia compounds to increase, to increase its stability the solution stability. Uh, that makes sense. That's a very common thing. I wouldn't worry too much about the ammonia. I'll explain later. Actually, at the very end, we're going to talk about the toxicity or the cytotoxicity of silver. Obviously, you've heard me talk about fluoride. We'll talk a little bit about that. But but I'm not worried about the ammonia compounds. Uh, it's, it's a very low concentration. But it helps maintain, it helps keep this stuff all in one consistent fluid and also in, in its container for a long period of time. So it keeps it at a constant 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 concentration over a period of time. That's important for any of these liquids or medications. Silver and fluoride, actually, but mostly silver. It's got a long history used back in in antiquity uh, for being uh, antimicrobial. Uh, The ions, fluoride ions uh, and silver kill bacteria. That's one of the things we use silver for, and actually, uh, most dentists are aware that fluoride, its secondary effect, other than helping remineralize teeth topically, actually they do kill the bacteria that are in the biofilm that may be causing the bacteria, although it's it's a very secondary effect and, of course, not worth the, the brain damage to, to the patient, obviously. But I digress, as usual, sorry. So anyway, silver and fluoride, they're both help remineralize enamel and dentin on teeth that are that have cavities. Again, the fluoride helps remineralize, the silver is knocking down the bacteria that are chipping away at the tooth surface and removing an, um, calcium, essentially hydroxyapatite. And so that's why this combo is kind of a, a very effective combo held together by the ammonia. So I'm trying to keep it very simple so you can visualize this product uh, for what it is. It is spelled with one M. Diamine is spelled with one M. I found that to be very interesting I remember two M's as being a NH3 group, which is what actually is in the amine portion of this. So I'm not sure. Uh, I did see some references to that being incorrect. Uh, an amine, one M, would be an NH2 group. I digress. Uh, but that's curious. That that always surprises me. Why would a company get it wrong like that? Actually, they all spell it that way pretty much. So SDF was cleared for sale by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. I think it was this century wasn't that long ago. It's in use in Europe, off-label, though in England. I didn't check on the EU. It's used in Japan as well. And again, silver has a long history. You'll see creams in wartime situations. Uh, a lot of soldiers will have a silver cream with them. So if there's a wound, they'll rub it in. Silver is very effective at killing or keeping infections from occurring in superficial wounds, typically. But of course, the silver can stay, it can be integrated into the tissue and the body really has trouble getting rid of those silver particles, uh, especially if they're nano. And I'll, I'll piece that out as well. There is a nano version of this diamine. So right now I'm just referring to just silver particles, which I guess would be micro, but there is a nano version. And I'll refer to that from this point on as the NSF. That's nano silver fluoride. You know, this was interesting when I was researching this. This SDF is on the World Health Organization's list of essential medicines. Uh, look that up. I think you'll find that very interesting. Google World 
the WHO's list of essential medicines. Uh, and I think you'll you'll see some surprises there. But anyway, it's on the list. That's very interesting. It's been classified as an effective, efficient, and equitable and safe carries preventative agent. That's a mouthful, but it's very vague and it doesn't give the full picture. That was stated by the Institute of Medicine and the Millennium Goals of the World Health Organization. That was 2009. So what does it look like in the office? What would what would the procedure be? And and if you do choose to do this, I want you to really get a sense of what is the right way to apply this. First of all, it seems 30, a 38% solution of SDF is ideal. Uh, that's pretty much across the board. And most of the products are 38%. I definitely would... I would check for and ask that the dentist uses the blue form. He or she may think you're nuts, but it's just better that way. This way you know exactly where you're applying it. Um, and by the way, the fluoride concentration in SDF is way less than fluoride varnish. So we're not dealing with those amounts. And those amounts in varnish are alarming. That's the coating or the the paint-on stuff that a lot of kids up until age 14 will get twice a year. And that gets readily absorbed and does get into the bloodstream and to the brain. I've talked about that elsewhere in other episodes and and on our website. So we are dealing with much less fluoride. It's the combination, the synergy of silver and fluoride that seems to be very effective with uh, SDF. So here's the procedure in the dental practice, just so, just so you know what to look for. Everyone should have eye protection, including the practitioner's auxiliary, even the patient. You do not want to get this in your eyes. You, The dentist needs to check and identify the treatable cavity. And what is what is a treatable cavity? We call this case selection in dentistry or, or in the healthcare field. It's always important that when you are providing a service, you want to make sure that the service matches the case. In other words, the situation. You don't want to do something that you know won't work because it's too far gone. Or I'll give an example. So you don't want to paint SDF on a cavity that is too deep because the pulp may be visible. It may, it may be that the silver and the fluoride and the ammonia uh, get into the pulp, and that would cause a lot of trouble. And there's a lot of cytotoxicity, uh, and that would kill the nerve, the pulp tissue. So it has to be for a, I don't want to use the word superficial cavity, but for a cavity up to a certain depth. And so the way, the way that would work is a dentist would take their little spoon, we call it a dental uh, excavator. Uh, I have them all in different sizes. I think I mentioned in a previous episode that I would sharpen them or uh, have my assistant sharpen them so that I could go in there and scrape away without having to pick up a, a, a drill and use a drill bed or get the patient numb and just scrape away and clean. And that's actually the next step is check and identify the treatable cavity, make sure it's a good case, clean out and debris, uh, clean out and and get rid of debris, food, organic material. You want to see the cavity for what it is. You're not necessarily removing the cavity, although I try and get in there a little bit and whatever comes off easily with that spoon, I'll scoop out and that's the paintable surface. That's where I want to apply the SDF. Then you dry the tooth. This is tricky. I mean, how do you keep a tooth in a little kid's mouth dry for a few minutes. You, ha- you have to let this, you, when, once you paint it on there, you have to let it dry for one minute. Um, and you don't want it to get in, uh, in contact with any tissue. You don't want to let it dissolve in saliva because the patient could swallow it. It could get absorbed by tissue, gingival tissue, uh, tongue tissue, and, and certainly then 
the SDF varnish or this coating will will not be concentrated. It may even be at a lesser concentration on the area where you painted it on. So that's why I like the blue color. So you brush this stuff on, on a dry tooth. Sometimes you have to isolate the area. It's hard to use a rubber dam on a child. It's almost impossible. So we would use uh, a little, they're little devices, they're suction tips with little uh, rolls on the inside and you kind of lock them into place. They hook around the lip and they go into a tube. And it's usually very comfortable and it's always drying the area and sucking saliva out and it keeps the tongue away. And and then between the two practitioners, the auxiliary and the dentist, pulling back the cheek, uh, cheek, retracting the cheeks and painting it on there, it's doable. But you have to work fast. You have to be very efficient. You have to be able to work very well as a team. It, it, th- that is crucial. Four-handed dentistry, that's what we call it. But it has to be practiced, it has to be learned, and it has to be almost like muscle memory uh, because you have to move quickly and you don't want that area to get wet. So you brush it on. Hopefully it's blue so you can see where you're brushing it on. Uh, and then you let it dry for one minute. You don't want it to touch any tissue. It will stain tissue, although that stain is not permanent. And then you would do this maybe in six months again. You'd have to keep checking it. So so why the heck are we doing it this way? Why aren't we doing a filling? Well, to be honest with you, it's very difficult to do fillings on kids. It's very difficult to do fillings on patients that have challenges. You have to have a cooperative child. You, there could be physical or cognitive disabilities. There could be, well, there's certainly a lot of dental phobia going around. Um, so it's, if, if you pick up a handpiece, you've got a white coat on, <laughs> the, the child will, will get very upset. And this is, I think, this is what I see the big advantage of SDF. It allows us to control decay, slow it down, manage it. We're actually leaving it behind. The decay stays there. Perhaps the area gets hardened and will remineralize. The uh, silver kills the bacteria. The fluoride goes in there and remineralizes the two surfaces. It's still decay. It's it's an area that is never as hard as fresh enamel or fresh dentin. Typically, we're working in dentin at this point. But it does slow it down, and it gives us time so that when the child is older, we have a better a, a better chance of of restoring tooth structure. Typically, this is done on children's teeth. Uh, this will stain a tooth. You're going to see black to gray areas. It does not prevent decay. You'll see this in the literature and on Google. It doesn't prevent decay. You're working on a tooth that already has decay. You cannot paint this on on a tooth and because there's really no areas that will take it up. It has to be a demineralized area. And then, of course, it stains. But it doesn't prevent decay. I see that on online. And please don't be misled by that. It is addressing the decay, slowing it down, maybe hardening it, and giving us time so that we don't lose that tooth due to rampant decay. And typically, this is for a child's tooth. If the tooth turns gray, who cares, right? Well, it's not always the case. Sometimes it's very... Very alarming, very hideous. Uh, it depends on where the cavity is, of course. If it's on the back teeth and the grooves, uh, instead of cutting into the grooves, you can clean them out with that spoon or with a little little uh, pick and then paint the grooves. And that gives you time. And, and that is not a bad thing to do as long as that child is not being exposed to any silver. And that's kind of my last section, the... I'm speaking mostly of the pros right now, but the cons and the cytotoxic effects of silver and then, of course, nanosilver. So, but back to, so which teeth, which patients? So if you have, if you've had, uh, um, radio, um, sorry, 
um, radiation therapy uh, due to cancer. Uh, this can sometimes help if you're getting a lot of cavities. Although typically that's an adult, and I think it's fine for most to get in there and get the work done. This is typically for childhood caries. Babies and toddlers with early childhood caries, they're very difficult to work on. A lot of kids are not cooperative. Uh, we've got special need, uh, special special needs children. That is, This is a great area, a great treatment to help those children and keep that decay rate or number of cavities occurring. It, it gives us time. And time is something that we don't have necessarily because decay, rampant decay with mouth breathing, poor diet can be very, very aggressive. And then SDF, and I guess maybe this is where the WHO comes into play in areas where there really isn't a dental clinic. You know, there isn't a very good dentist. Maybe in some countries, we just have technicians and auxiliaries supplying this. Uh, hopefully, it's being done properly in those conditions. But in some areas, some very poor areas with without access to dental care, this is something that is, this is why it's approved and considered to be so significant uh, for the WHO. Contraindications. Again, I mentioned it before. If you have irreversible pulpitis, in other words, if your nerve is dying, or if the nerve is exposed, in other words, the decay is so deep that you can see the nerve. And typically in child decay, you can see the nerve. It's a little bright red dot, unless, of course, it's it's a dead tissue. But that silver is going to get inside the the, the bloodstream in, in that way. And, and that makes me very hesitant at that point. And at that point, take the tooth out. You have to do what's called the baby root canal, which is uh, a pulpotomy. That is the better way to treat that. So that that's a contraindication. Let's see, what else? Um, yeah, if you're not able to achieve adequate isolation of tooth and oral tissues, um, then don't do it. Uh, it's just not worth the risk. Some patients are allergic to silver. If the patient has ulcerative gingivitis, raw red gums, stomatitis, canker sores, you don't want to be using this. If it gets into those areas, it'll be absorbed very, very quickly. And then there's some patients that you can't even get into their mouths. So obviously you don't want to be struggling with this material that you're trying to just to touch on one area and then dry it in someone that is moving around and who really doesn't tolerate treatment. So those are the contraindications. Um, next, we'll talk about, um, so does it work? Yes, plenty of studies that say that this technique using SDF does work. It slows down decay. Sometimes it can harden that area. It buys us time, and that is a good thing. It does stain the gums. Uh, tissue usually will replace itself over time. Um, silver can enter the body via canker sore through the pulp. Unlikely, but again, you don't want uh, sloppy work. You don't want this stuff flying all over the place, being ingested and getting into tissue. Uh, silver particles may never leave the body. Are they like mercury particles? No, absolutely not. Uh, I'll talk a little bit, a little bit about uh, ingesting or having silver in your in your gums or in your tissues. Um, uh, is it for baby teeth only? Not necessarily, but that's where you'll see the bulk of it. And can you drill this out later? Absolutely. And I tell my patients that. Okay, you're going to see a little gray line on those grooves back there, but at least we've got some time. Maybe the tooth will fall out before we actually have to do a filling. But if not, or if you don't like it, we can come back later and drill it all out, which is essentially where the decay is. The staining is exactly where the decay is. You can't just rub this stuff onto a smooth dental surface. It will not, um, it will not stain that area. So, so that, that's good news. Uh, it does not equal, uh, the S 
SDF procedure that we're talking about in this episode. It does not equal or or replace a lost tooth tissue. It does not equal a filling or a crown. Um, it doesn't restore function or any functional tooth anatomy. It, it can't. We're not adding anything. We're applying something to slow it down and to, to give us time. Again, case selection is very important. Make sure it's the right tooth for the right time and for the right medication, SDF. So next we're going to talk about the kind of my worries, <laughs> my, my paranoia and, and, and what I worry about with SDF. And this is where a lot of patients, uh, a lot of followers have asked on Instagram and they're concerned too about silver, about fluoride. And I'm just going to discuss that. And then hopefully that will give you enough information where you can make a decision. And really it's about weighing uh, both sides of the equation. Is it better to have your child have a lot of, uh, or is it better to allow that to occur where your child has a lot of dental trauma, a lot of pain, uh, early loss of the baby tent- the baby teeth, the, the, uh, the pediatric dentition, or to worry about possible silver getting into the body. So that's up next. Let's talk now about my reservations about silver diamine fluoride. Again, the silver is what worries me the most. Uh, you know how I feel about fluoride. We're dealing with very low levels of fluoride here that are applied, if correctly, directly to a tooth. Uh, once or twice, uh, maybe three times, uh, in the life of the child. Com- compared to all the other fluoride they're getting, this, this is not really worthy of the discussion. But the silver is, and in a nutshell, if it's done properly and the case selection is good, I'm okay with this. Uh, I would always try and do the filling first, but let's talk about where things can go wrong. So let, let me just refer to a study on how cytotoxic silver diamine fluoride is. Uh, it's, it's, that's how it works. It literally kills 100%. It's 100% cytotoxic to human gingival fibroblasts. A fibroblast is a, it's a biological cell that essentially makes, it synthesizes the extracellular matrix and collagen of all cells. And that's pretty important. It produces the structural framework uh, for mammalian tissues. Every piece of tissue has this cell in it and SDF is killing it. So again, let's go back to if it's applied in one area and it stays there, this is fine. Uh, uh, Fibroblasts play a critical role in wound healing as well. They are the most common cells of connective tissue, uh, just so that you know. Silver itself, the metal, it's a comp, it's a element. Silver exhibits the highest electrical conductivity, also the highest thermal conductivity and reflectivity. I don't think that really matters in this case of any metal, but Electrical conductivity and thermal conductivity. How much silver do you want in you if that's what it does? Now, as an aside, we have something in dentistry called the amalgam tattoo. I've seen a lot of those. It's typically in the cheek. It's really an example of very rough, poorly done dentistry. Someone, a dentist is putting a filling in. They cut the cheek. They, it gets caught up in the, in the burr or it's cut somehow. And when the silver filling is either removed or even placed, it gets in that tissue. Think of it like a big canker sore. It gets in that tissue and it's, it's a big gray tattoo on the inside of the cheek or in the tissue. Uh, I've actually done cosmetic surgery removing that tissue 
And again, that's silver in your body. That may be the side that you're holding your cell phone to, to uh, which I wouldn't recommend you do. But again, this is a metal that has very high electrical conductivity and thermal conductivity. This is another reason I don't like silver fillings in our mouths. It's not just the mercury. Half of a metal silver filling is is mercury, a neurotoxin. It also has this thermal and electrical conductivity, and we are surrounded by uh, EMFs and and uh, energy, electrical energy that is passing through us. Not to sound too paranoid, and there are studies, a lot of studies, and I've read a lot of them. Nothing is conclusive. There's a lot of controversy in this area, but this is another reason why I like plastic fillings. There's no electrical conductivity, and there's no thermal conductivity. Uh, a little bit, but not not a, not nearly as much as as silver. That's why big silver fillings. When you drink something cold, it will it will give you a little warm if it's hot coffee or, or hot food, or it'll give you a little cold hit to the nerves inside the tooth. If it's ice water, there is a lot of thermal conductivity in in silver. So again, the amalgam tattoo. A lot of people get tattooed while having dental fillings done. Uh, there's this condition, and again. Any, any of this, what I've been saying, does not refer to colloidal silver. Colloidal silver has been out there for a long time. It's kind of a homeopathic uh, uh, alternative way of healing everything. It came up during COVID. Stay away from colloidal silver. You should not be drinking uh, 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 colloidal silver. Um, and But the one of the extreme uh, results of drinking silver uh, is that you turn blue. Literally, your skin, your face, even part of your eyes, and you turn, I think it's called Arge, Arge, Argyria, I think. Arge being like Argent, the Latin for silver, uh, condition of being blue. I mean, if you want to audition for the Blue Man Group and you don't feel like putting makeup on every time, that's the way to do it. Um, and again, surprisingly, depends on what you read, There, there's not much to worry about other than you're blue. There doesn't seem to be a lot of uh, health issues with someone that has that condition. Again, that's very rare, and that's nowhere near the amount of silver that we're talking about. Um, mercury is the only other trace metal that, surpass, that surpasses, uh, is greater, that we know of, uh, than the toxic effects of silver. So silver's on the scale. Mercury's the one to worry about. In one study, this is for silver, the presence of excess ionic silver and silver nanoparticles. Silver nanoparticles are, it's just silver, but extremely small to where it could enter different parts of the body, perhaps into past a cell wall into a cell, uh, as opposed to regular silver particles, just ground up silver. And this caused bioaccumulation effects in zebrafish. Again, zebrafish get tested for just about everything. Their organs do at least, and zebrafish are very sensitive. But it did alter chemical pathways in, in their body. Silver is not an easy metal for any organism to eliminate. Keep that in mind. It, it doesn't get eliminated. It gets walled off. Some of it gets eliminated, but most of it gets walled off. And elevated concentrations can can cause problems, even even death in very extreme cases. Um, last, lastly, silver fluoride and silver nitrate. That's another combo that you'll see out there, but not not used in dentistry, at least not in the mouth. Uh, they're caustic. They can cause tissue damage, and you can it can also result in gastroenteritis, uh, diarrhea, GI issues low blood pressure, cramps, paralysis. There's another effect, uh, a respiratory arrest. So again, 
that's kind of my overview of how I feel about silver. But when it comes to the proper application, if the tooth is dried for a minute, the dentist, the clinician's using a blue stained or colored uh, gel, and they know exactly where it is, and once it's in place, I'm not going to worry about the silver. I, I think it's better in general to be able to do the filling, but as you heard me say, there are so many times that this is not possible, and this is a good second best. But again, make sure the technique's done right. Make sure the dentist takes this very seriously. Maybe ask them about silver toxicity. What do they think about it? If they just laugh it off as being not a problem, you know, maybe maybe go see someone else. Um, just just have a discussion. And uh, and if you do decide to do an SDF treatment, again, do not use a nano formulation. I don't know if, I think there are some nano formulations. Uh, just look for the words NSF. Make sure that the nano silver fluoride is not being used. Make sure it's a non-nano version. It, it, it probably works just as well. Nano in some cases can work better. You've heard me talk about nano hydroxyapatite as, as opposed to micro hydroxyapatite. We won't get into that, but in that case, the nano does help tooth remineralization better. But that, that nano form is of calcium and it dissolves almost upon uh, contact with uh, bodily fluid. So, uh, and then goes into solution. Uh, and there is a zebra study on nanohydroxyapatite, but uh, there are f- safe forms of nanohydroxyapatite. They don't sit alone. They're in a globular chemical form combined with phosphates and other things, and that's what makes it safe. Silver is silver, so stay away from nano silver. Anyway, just to sum it up, I hope I was helpful in this case. A lot of people, a lot of parents mostly, are asking about SDF. I think it's fine to use if if done properly. How do you find that out? I, I think I... I gave enough tips for you to 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 find this out. Maybe maybe you're in the room and you see the care that's going into it and the isolation and the drying of the tooth. You can even bring your stopwatch if you want. And and just if it's done properly, I think this is a, a great way to helping your child. You're buying yourself time. You're buying time for the child and the dentist. I mean, hopefully they they understand it for that. It's not a final solution, but it certainly has its place and it certainly can save the day. So don't don't get upset by the fact that there's silver and fluoride in there, even the ammonia. If applied correctly in a controlled environment by great clinicians, you'll be fine. And it's cost less. Uh, it, it actually costs a lot less uh, than fillings. Uh, and it's less traumatic to your child. And really, in the end, that that is a big win because children that have bad dental experiences early on in their life they usually delay dental work as an adult, and that leads to bigger problems, more expensive problems, root canals, crowns, missing teeth, the need for implants, et cetera. And that's always sad to see. You know, that can happen, but if it happens because someone doesn't like to come see us, that's always sad. And it usually originates with exactly what we're talking about, and that is fear of having that first filling filled, uh, sorry, that first cavity filled with a composite with a filling, and of course that may require anesthesia. So anyway, I hope uh, this discussion uh, on SDF helps you all make uh, a decision. Certainly, uh, I'm sure I will be answering this question uh, even so on Instagram, which I'm happy to do, of course. And again, 
back to the old functional dentistry directory at askthedentist.com slash directory. Chances are a functional dentist is more up to date on this. Uh, they'll have, uh, they'll sit down and explain this to you. Uh, I think, uh, if you're having any questions about your regular dentist, uh, about using this, uh, or just kind of recommending it at will for everything, for all their children, then maybe get a second opinion and seek someone out on that directory. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thank you so much for your interest. Thanks for asking these questions and showing concern. We should really be concerned about what goes in our body, uh, certainly in our mouth, because it does get into the body very quickly. And again, if your child has any canker sores, any open wounds, wait a little bit. You can certainly wait a week, seven to 10 days before the SDF procedure, because it does, if the paintbrush kind of gets knocked out of the clinician's hands and it touches that tissue, likely there, there will be silver in that area, probably for the life of the child. Is it enough to worry about? Probably not. But again, it's all about accumulation. We, we want to stay below that threshold of all these toxins we're exposed to in our lives. And uh, it's really just about being careful and, and not being cavalier about, ah, oh, it's this, it's that, it's quick, it's easy, it's inexpensive. It's got a little silver in it, who cares? And again, this is off-label use, so uh, we may change our minds on this. But so far, so good. Hope that helps. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your uh, interest in oral in oral care, oral health, especially as it relates to our overall health. Again, if you have any questions, go to askthedentist.com. Look forward to all of your questions. And next episode, I think, is on glycerin. Yes, we are talking about glycerin again. I look forward to that conversation. Lots of new information there. Take care. Be safe. Thanks for listening to Ask the Dentist. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Mike Fry. Drop me a line at mark at askthedentist.com. If you have any comments or suggestions, I'd love to hear them. And if you liked this episode, please leave us a review on your podcast app. Thanks for listening and especially for taking an interest in oral health. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com directory and search or find a dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.